Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. Um, I wondered before we get into this episode whether you would be able to go and review or like or follow the Don't Get Lippy podcast on whichever platform you're listening and um, it really helps support what I'm up to. So if you could do that for me I would be so so grateful. Otherwise coming up is my talk with Cecilia from Cleft Blow. Um, such a lovely lady a really really enjoyable chat uh cecilia is cleft affected her firstborn son is also cleft affected so we talk all about travel and being a mum with a baby with a cleft as well as learning the curves um of growing up being cleft affected so i really really hope you enjoy this and thank you so much for listening okay so today joining me i have the lovely cecilia cecilia hello hello <laughs> how are you doing i'm good thank you fantastic thank you so much for joining me and why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself so my name is cecilia and i'm a mother of three boys um i was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate so was my oldest son luca and he has he just turned 15 in march uh and then the other two boys didn't have a cleft lip and palate uh and i'm married to a lovely man called Anthony that I met in Guatemala. Oh, okay. That's going to be a nice little um, subject yes. to cover. And so obviously you've already told me that you were born with a cleft, Luke was born with a cleft, so you and I are in the, the same special group. Um, yes. Do you mind if I ask um, how old you are? I am 43. Okay. So when your parents had you, did they know that you were going to be born with a cleft? No. Okay. So I was the only one. So I was the last uh, child out of, we were three girls. I have two sisters. Okay. Um, and it's interesting though, because my dad is a doctor and my mom is a nurse. Mm -hmm. um, and back then they didn't get any scans, you know, they didn't know. So I was a complete surprise. And my dad was at the birth then and, you know, I was born and the midwife was really shocked. Everyone was so shocked. Um, and my, both my mom and dad knew a little bit about it. Not a lot, even though they were in the medical field. And I remember my mom said dad would bike home because, you know, we bike. In, actually, I should have said I'm from Denmark. I grew up and born and raised in Denmark. Okay. And then I moved to Canada when I was 30 okay. uh, after meeting Anthony in Guatemala. Okay. So uh, back to the story. Uh, so <laughs> that, <laughs> he would bike home and start looking up medical journals to figure out what cleft. And I think his concern was more, is there anything else wrong? The brain or something. I remember they were saying that. And then my mom said it was, yeah, just the shock for everybody else. But then the next day, a surgeon or somebody from the cleft team apparently came and he came in and he looked at me and he said, she's precisely the way she should be. Oh. So my mom felt, oh my God, it's going to be okay. So that's really, yeah. And then we just started the journey. And So how old were your sisters when you were born? Were they at the age where they could kind of recognize that you looked slightly different to them? Yeah. So my oldest sister was seven years older. Okay. Um, and then my middle sister, she was a year and a half older. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny, we have stories where my mom would say when I came back from the hospital and had tape on my nose, she would always say she has whipped cream on her nose. Oh! <laughs> um, yeah, but they were, yeah, just been so supportive and obviously the older one knew more and Camilla, my middle sister, she was, that was just the way it was. And Absolutely. And I think with children, you know, one way or the other, they're, they're quite blunt if they have a question, but otherwise they're very accepting and just... Okay, fine. That is just the way it is. Yes. And so how did things work um, in Denmark 
I, I'm not sure what their healthcare system is like. Yeah, it's really interesting, Jen, because I would love, but we probably have to have another time and talk about that. But <laughs> so in Denmark, at the time, um, parents weren't allowed in the operating room. So I don't know, are they allowed in the UK? Were you we, allowed with Will? We took him down to be put um, under anaesthetic. Um, but once he was asleep, he was then taken off. So would, would you go in with him, be in there with him when they got the, when he got the mask or the anaesthetic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, same in Denmark um, okay. now, but in Canada, it's not allowed unless you ask for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so anyway, so in Denmark back then, when I was born, parents weren't allowed. So basically you had to hand over your baby and then they would take the baby and walk down. But my parents obviously refused. They're like, no, we're not, we're going to walk with her. So my mom was a strong advocate. She was like, I want to be there, you know, with her when she gets yeah. the mask. And as a baby, I don't remember, but the bone graft is the first surgery I remember. And I remember the mask as being black. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, okay. No, I don't actually. I, I really don't. Um, so when did you have your first surgery? Uh, when I was three months old. So I was bilateral. So they did back then, they did one side first. Mm-hmm. at three months and then they waited six months and then they did the other side what? i know it's about cute pictures with one side closed where oh. the other, we have a unilateral and then the next one was closed and then the palette was done i think around two years of age and um, do you know how you were fed um to start with was everything okay with your feeding i think my mom breastfed for a, no sorry not breastfed she pumped for two or three months i think okay so i had that milk and i think i was a fairly big baby three and a half kilos whatever that is do you use pounds or kilos we're in pounds, yeah. Oh, see, I'm in kilos, <laughs> but in Canada we use pounds, and I know how many pounds Luca were born, but anyways. Well, we'll talk about that, and then we can compare the boys' weights as well. Okay. Um, so were you able to bottle feed? Maybe, yes, I believe so. I was bottle feeding, yeah, and my mom said that we got a good rhythm. She would squeeze the bottle a bit, and I would swallow, squeeze, swallow. So we got a good rhythm, she said. Perfect. So you, you would have had, like, the mam-style uh, feeding bottle, the, fle- the flexible feeding bottle. Yes, yes. Okay. Did you have a lip strap or, or a plate or anything? Nothing like that. And Luca never had that. So obviously mum and dad were very supportive and and sisters were all accepting. Um, How was school and and getting into sort of meeting new people and things? Yeah, so we, I had three, changed school three times. So the first time, it's really interesting. My parents, when I was three years old, we actually went to the United States to Chicago for two years because they both got a job there. Okay. like a work term or something and I started kindergarten in Chicago and it was a multicultural you know community there was kids from all over the world so yeah. it was such a beautiful setting and I would never got teased nothing then I went back to Denmark to start grade one where Denmark as you know maybe like UK well, I, well I'm not sure but in Denmark it's a very homogenous society everybody looks the same yeah um, so I kind of stood out a little bit and I remember I do remember in grade one there was some teasing and I was a shy quiet girl and just feeling so overwhelmed, never defending myself. But then I had the two older sisters and my middle one, she's very much assertive and she would defend me and they would speak up for me. Um, yeah, so so how, how old is grade one? Seven years of age is when you start in Denmark. Maybe okay. now they started six years old. So I would have been six, maybe six and a half, seven years old. People noticing and making comment obviously started yes. quite early. Um, yeah. And then we actually ended up moving to another town ta- or another place in Denmark. So we went to a smaller school, which was really great because I think there were only like maybe 80 kids. And I do remember my mom making a big deal out of her and I should, when we first started, and my sister started there too, but I should talk about my cleft lip and palate. She obviously led it, but we had a little uh, chat with the whole school about, you know, I was new. My name was Cecilia. I had a cleft lip and palate. 
it. And I remember um, presenting it myself, being super nervous, having to speak in front of all these kids I didn't know. Yeah. But I was born with two scars and I was explaining it in my own kid language. I think that kind of set the tone, was never teased there for whatever, I think I was there until grade, so that was grade three to grade seven. It was a really good school experience. And then grade seven till grade, in Denmark, we go to grade 10, that's considered elementary. And then you start grade 11 is high school. So okay. grade 11 to 13. So seven till, um, what did I say? 10, nine, 10, uh, yep. met new friends again. I remember one boy asking me what it was, but I wasn't teased. Like it's, but then the, it was not in school. It was more outside, like somebody commenting or if you went out or people looking or, you know, okay. so you experienced more outside of school environment. Yeah, I would say. So was that yeah. sort of, you know, when you were out at the shops or doing kind of hobbies and things? Yeah. Stuff like that. Or yeah, in a store, like people just staring, people that didn't know me. And I, and I think that was a, a struggle, I guess, always having to meet new people because then you had to explain or, but people that just knew me or knew me from the school, they would obviously know what it is sort of, right? Um, and yeah. what kind of age range was that of people staring? Was it still your peers or was it older people or anyone? Really anyone. So um, did your mum and dad encourage you to do extracurricular activities? Did you ever do sort of horse riding or dance or anything like that that um, took you out of the school environment as well? Yes. So I, funny you say horseback riding, but I did actually do horseback riding here in Canada. That's a ooh, posh thing. In Denmark, it's not a posh thing. Uh, yeah, I guess in the UK, it's quite a posh thing as well. Is it a posh thing? Okay. But in Denmark, it was kind of like a lot of people went horseback riding. There's farms all over the place and it yeah. wasn't expensive thing but here in Canada my husband's like oh you went horseback riding as if it's a <laughs> it worked. gosh I don't know why I did that I I don't know if that um helped with confidence I think yeah. it sounds like you had quite a good um you know sort of base from your mom and dad with the sort of um empowerment and support that I think you know that's obviously kind of set the tone as you've gone along sort of right. throughout your adolescence anyway and um, did you do any sort of traveling or further education or anything yes oh, high school. really traveling yes <laughs> <laughs> well after high school so I don't know if you guys do that in the UK or did when it was your, when you finished high school but it's very common to take a year off after high school I took a year off worked for half a year and then I saved up money to go traveling to Guatemala for four months and I stayed with a host family and I volunteered an orphanage actually. Okay. Yeah. And that's, and then I learned Spanish. So it was four months. I was maybe 20 years old and that's where I met Anthony, my husband. He went okay. to the Spanish school, but nothing happened in Guatemala. We were all good friends. And then the year after I went to visit him in Canada and when he picked me up in the airport in Canada, I'm like, oh, I don't know. It was kind oh. of so what made you choose Guatemala just because I'm interested? Okay, honestly, and it's so embarrassing to say I should be like, because this and this, I had no idea. I just thought, you know what, Guatemala sounds like cool. People were like, uh, I think there's erupting volcanoes and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. Like well, I'll be fine. I've chosen now. I know I really did not know. And my husband's like, Cecilia, didn't you read about it? I'm like, no, not really. Like I was just like, yeah, I'm just going traveling. I just kind of like love them Central America. American, this you know Mexican the food the music the culture yeah, of amazing and what chose what made you choose to go to an orphanage or was that the whole point of going out there it was to go and work in an orphanage it was actually so it was kind of like a, a program sort of thing so you pay to go live with the host family you volunteered mm -hmm. uh, and it was also because to get into so then when I got home back to Denmark I started a bachelor of social education going back okay. to your student education and uh, in Denmark you can either go um, straight based on your grades or you can 
based on your grades and work experience or volunteer experience. So I wanted to take a year off and just get volunteer experience. So, and I knew I wanted to work with children or in the field of maybe nursing or social work or something like that. And that's why I chose this program. So okay. learning Swedish in the school, volunteering, and then yeah, for four months. And then I traveled a bit. So Okay. Did you, I'm just intrigued as well. Did you ever come across any babies or children that were born with clefts that you could, that you met whilst you were there? So it's funny you asked that question because I've recently connected with a woman or girl who's there and she's volunteering through an organization in Holland and she's doing volunteer work specifically with children with clefts. I never saw any kids or children, but I saw a lot of adults oh. uh, when it was open where they didn't have the surgery. I was just about to say, was it repaired or, or open? No. So uh, all open. Okay. Um, um, did you see how people were with them? Were they treated any differently or was it just... No, no, I didn't. I did. I didn't witness anything. They were just kind of part of the community. And yeah, I just specifically remember two men just walking around, you know. No, I didn't see that they were treated, you know, bad or... Differently. Okay, no. that's good. And um, so obviously you met your husband whilst you... Well, I know it obviously wasn't in, in the immediate, but um, so dating was all right for you before you met your husband and then obviously met your husband and that yeah, was that. Well, cool. uh, I was boy crazy. Hey, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> Brilliant. No, but you know, in UK, Denmark, people like to party. Like it's a right. It's kind of a, like a fun party culture, yep. sort of. Uh, and uh, I may have partaken in a couple of parties. Yeah. I may have too. <laughs> Brilliant. And so, you know, for you, um, your cleft wasn't actually anything that held you back or... Well, for, you um, know what, Jen, looking at, and maybe I also forget a lot of things, but I do remember feeling like as a teenager, totally insecure and thinking and often tying my insecurities to the cleft. Well, that's because of this or having moments where I felt really down about it for sure. Mm-hmm. But then I re- just remember realizing in high school, I had a lot of girlfriends, beautiful girlfriends that were, you know, Beautiful. And uh, they had a lot of insecurities too about other things, whether it was being too thin, too thick, or, you know, whatever it was. And they would talk about that. And I remember thinking, that's interesting, right? So I feel like that was something I really learned then. And even now with Luca, I'm just like, we all have our insecurities. And I think for us, we tie it to the cleft only. But, you know, once you see beyond that, there can be other things. And it doesn't have to only be. Right. Absolutely. That's fantastic that you um, enjoyed your teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, it wasn't that I was dating, like, because I think we, I don't know if we do that. I know North America is very much dating, go on dates back and forth. And in Denmark, one big party sort of and more flirting or having yeah. fun and I would say yeah it was fun like it was fantastic that's so that's really really good to hear I love that met your husband um and then you went out to Canada the year after was it then that you stayed in Canada or were oh, you back so, no then I met him there we fell in love that week um I know and he's so cute because I was like well didn't you notice with the clap in my mouth? he's like no I didn't really notice I'm like come on what oh. the <laughs> What did you know? Anyways, he's like, no, I didn't notice. Anyways, we. That's what I was going to ask you. Actually, has it ever been an issue between you two? Was it ever discussed or talked about? And and especially then going on to have children as well. Was it ever anything that you talked about? He has just been so amazing. Like he didn't. He kept saying, "I didn't see it." Like I saw so many other things and your eyes and like he's like, and for him it wasn't a big deal. Like he was just like, well, he had seen it before. He knew what it was, but he and but it's just funny. He kept saying, "I really didn't notice." I'm like, come on. I'm sure you didn't. I know you're just being nice. <laughs> I know I'm sure you're being nice, but <laughs> yeah. so anyways, we fell in love and then 
I went back to Denmark and then he actually came to live with me. We were going to try it out to see, okay, is this something? Or, okay. or, you know, because there's a big ocean between Denmark and... Just a little bit. A couple of bad miles. I know my mom is like, okay, he's from Canada. I think that's a little unrealistic. I'm like, no, he's the one. I just know. Oh, that's he, amazing. No, like it was amazing. And then, and then we actually went to Leeds in the UK for a whole year together. I lived in Leeds, Jen. <laughs> what did you think about Leeds? Uh, it rained. <laughs> Welcome to the UK, is what I would oh say. God, it rained all the time and I didn't understand what they were saying much. Like, you have a beautiful accent, but they were saying, I don't know, ta, when they said thank you. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Ta. Yes, ta. Yeah, absolutely. And then once we went back, that's when I started my bachelor degree and later went on to do a master's of social work. So, and, and of course, this is something I'd like to talk about is that you, yeah. you actually work with young people. And, and am I right in thinking that it's mental health as well within young yes. people? Yes. Okay. So actually, we used to be called a school counselor, but there's also the academic piece. There's school counselors doing academic. We do the mental health piece. So it's really with kids and teens. So I'm both in elementary and high school. Mm-hmm. And it's children who have anxiety or depression or social issues or self-esteem or yeah. families that are you know have just divorced or okay. and there's at least in Canada that's a huge focus on mental health it's yeah. a lot of you struggling and and again going back to the cleft it doesn't you don't have to have a cleft to struggle like you you know what I mean absolutely so that, I mean that must be a very interesting job anyway and to then be able to um see Luca at the same age and and maybe sort of dealing with things differently as well that must be quite a um an interesting combination Right. That's what I feel like I try and still in him. And if he feels insecure or anything, we, we talk about those things and he can see his other kids or his friends and peers and mm. like, oh, okay, it doesn't necessarily has to do with, you know. No, absolutely. So obviously when you um, had Luca, um, did you and your husband ever talk about the possibility? Were you ever aware that there was a possibility of passing on the gene or condition, however we put it? I was. So I remember clearly my last appointment with the cleft team. I was 21 and I walked out the door. They were all sitting around in a table. I think it was after my last surgery. And I said, well, thank you for everything. I guess my journey ends here and I won't ever see you again. And yeah. then I joke, unless I have a kid with a cleft lip and palate. And they were all like, no, Cecilia, you won't. You know, the risks are so low. Mm-hmm. They're so low, but you won't. And I remember telling my dad, he's like, "Yeah, I know what they're saying. Your risk is low, but you could be that one risk." Or the statistics is interesting. One in seven. Well, you can be that one, right? Absolutely. So it's funny, Jen. I always had a gut feeling. I'm like, I had a feeling I would have a baby with a cleft. It's really, I don't know why. I just had that feeling. And then when Anthony and I decided, okay, we want to have kids, we talked about. It. We knew there was a risk. And, okay. But he was like, okay, we'll deal with it. He's so, he, and I think his he has a very positive mindset, and he's like you know what we'll deal with it and if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't whatever so I know it was so nice and then got pregnant and it was interesting I did a work term in Canada I was still doing my bachelor and uh we had had the first scan in 13 weeks they couldn't see anything and I was going to do my 20 week scan and back in Denmark, but we happened to be in Canada for that time. And you could get this for fun scan, like kind of like you go in like a spa scan or something where there was music playing. So it wasn't a diagnostic scan where they check everything just to see your baby. And it was, I think it was called, you see your baby or something like that. Put on the music, it was beautiful and we were lying there and I wanted to see if it was there. And she's going over the face and you know how a lot of moms were like, oh, he didn't show the face. You couldn't see it. The face was right there. And I saw it right away. And I said, is that a clip for them, pal? 
salad or is that a cleft lip? And she, she was actually really annoying because she quickly took it away. The thing, what is it called? The things you have, you know, the. Yeah. A Doppler. Is it a Doppler? Yeah. Something like that. She took it away and then continued elsewhere. And I'm like, oh, sorry, could you go back? Was that a cleft lip? And she's, I could tell they were in no position to answer any questions like that. Okay. You know, because it was just for fun and yeah. I guess it's liability or they can't, I don't know. And I'm like, oh my God, it's hundred percent there. I could see it. And then uh, she's like, oh, I'm just going to get my manager or somebody else came in and I asked her, she's like, well, we, you should really go back to your doctor. We can't really tell you, but I'm like, oh my God. Hi. So then we left and I clearly remember, I think for a good week and it's, and it's hard for me to admit Jen, cause I would be like, no, it wasn't upset. All good. I got this. We can do this. But for sure a week, I'm like, what the? I, I think it was cause I had just finished or five years prior just finished my own journey and just the thought for him I wasn't sad at all about I w- knew I was going to love him it wasn't that but it, the fact that he now had to go through some painful surgeries right and the physical the emotional so I think I was grieving for a good week we told our families mm-hmm. uh, told Anthony's family they were super supportive Amazing. and my family were super supportive and they're like well you've been through it yourself you know exactly yeah, how to absolutely. do it and then I think something turned in me Jen I'm like because some would be like oh really oh the pity thing and that was like not having any of that yeah, we got this. <laughs> Amazing. So the Luca is so handsome. I don't even know what cleft he's got. I, you know, was he was he bilateral as well, or was he? he was, it was considered bilateral. So he had in the let me see, it was on the <laughs> left, right. It was on the right side, full complete. Yeah. Uh, I guess unilateral, a complete lateral, complete lip palate, yeah. wide gap, wide nostril. And then on the left side, it was, the lip was going up. It was, I guess it was a lip, just a lip. And then in the gum, a gum notch. But So he had a bit of a palate on the right side. So that's where I put the bottle. I'm like, okay, let's use a good side. Yeah. So I would squeeze a bit. He would suck, or sorry, swallow. I would squeeze, he would swallow. And yeah. So he actually had a combination of you know a bit of everything a bit of everything um, it's quite interesting though because when will um when we had like his 4d scan and things they said oh yeah. he's got a cleat one side and he's got an incomplete on the other so mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know any sort of attachment whether it's like the tiniest little thread they call that you know uh incomplete. so right. we'll have like the tiniest little thread of flesh just on one side so he kind of had a, a combination but i mean probably didn't have as much as what luca did but right. um it's it's interesting the, the different forms that it comes in 100 percent. and i do um, remember when he came out because we could see it on the scan and it almost looked wider and bigger on the scan okay so i was prepared and i was prepared okay it's a palette we knew for sure it was the palette they somehow because once we got back to denmark i got all these scans and they confirmed it was the palette as well so mentally i was like okay that means i can't breastfeed yeah but then i can pump so i got a the pump like way before he was even arrived i had everything set up and in denmark the nurse came out she was explaining a lot of things but like you know jen we've been through the journey so i kind of had an idea okay we were going to go through some surgeries I know sort of and sometimes I felt not that I knew more than but some even the midwife I had with Lucas she was I'm like just so you know like as I'm in labor I'm like he's gonna be born with a cleft lip and palate like I almost needed to prepare other people and when I have this shock of them dealing with their own shock I'm like I know when um obviously going back then you said that a couple of people during pregnancy weights or um you know did the whole head tilt and oh I'm sorry so did that how did that make you feel was that friends that were saying things like that yeah most 
say friends probably and a few fam not so much my side of the family but maybe more anthony's but like oh okay oh so oh i'm sorry you have to go through that it would i think that um triggered something in me to be like okay it's not a big deal and i know for some moms when they're being told oh it's just a cleft it can be fixed it's just come at cosmetic that's hard for them because for them it's way more than that but for me it was actually comforting for me i was like you know what it is just a cleft you will have a good beautiful long life and you you will be able to thrive you don't have to survive this journey you you mm. can have a good life and i think for me it was disempowering to be told oh you have to go oh how is he doing yeah. like almost for you because it made me feel like i was a victim he was a victim and we had no power in this and i just felt like it was not helpful how, how did you respond to those people did you tell them that or did you just say don't worry it's fine we've got this yeah. I'd be like, no, it's okay. Like, yeah, he's going to go through a few surgeries and we got this. And Yeah, he's saying. Um, so how was Luca fed when he was first born? Um, obviously not breastfed, but yeah. wise did he have the mam style as well, did you say? So I don't remember what those bottles were called, Jen. Uh, right. I know it was a bottle that we could squeeze. It was soft. Yeah. And the tip of the bottle was kind of like a little bit of square with a hold in. So I turned, I tried different ways. Sometimes I would turn towards his cheek. Otherwise, sometimes up in the good side of the palate, we kind of figured out a way but I would squeeze a little bit and then he basically just swallowed yeah uh, and then I was just pumping so he he was able to get my milk and and again like when you're sad and grieving the loss of not being able to breastfeed I turned it around and thought you know what how amazing that my husband gets to feed him absolutely seeing the positive yeah. right and he Anthony was so proud and he took great pride in like feeding while I would be pumping and he would feed him and we were very much adamant I think one of the nurses said just think about how when you breastfeed is really only the mom breastfeeding and when you bottle feed she recommended to us it should be the same don't have like 10 people in your family bottle feed him because it's a bonding thing yeah so, absolutely yeah it was only me and anthony allowed to feed him i think i allowed my mom once <laughs> and, and your mom's done it before as well so she's exactly. probably thinking, okay cool because i'm like no mom you really need to turn him out <laughs> <laughs> she's like i do know <laughs> so did luca have any sort of lip strap or plate himself no so okay. luca had at three months old he just had the lip adhesion so we went for i think it was an hour and a half surgery okay and i remember when he came out i thought what that's it because like, it felt like it wasn't done like it just felt like okay you just kind of there's a word in danish i don't know what it is in english but it's kind of like temporary halfway or it's not really okay. yeah yeah so he had that on for like i think from six, three months till he was eight months mm -hmm. so you could still see the cleft sort of going up because it was just a temporary thing and then okay. yeah and but no nam and i don't think we do that in denmark i don't think we have all these taping and all this stuff okay. I, I never saw anyone that could have changed now i'm older but <laughs> and see i had um a lip strap and a plate and that's exactly what will had as well um so it's again everywhere is so different everywhere i don't know if it's surgeon dependent or right county or whatever but um interesting to know that he didn't have anything like that either so when did he have his palette done when he was uh had just turned two uh two years and one month old okay no he did the eight month he did they did nose lip and soft palette the back palette okay and then at two years old they did the remaining fistulas or the remaining front of the hard palette and I, that may be because he'd already got sort of part of his palette and things like that right. yeah how was his speech it's funny because before i was thinking I'm just going to go through and look at all my papers to remember because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what if I don't remember uh, he did have speech therapy since he was or not no I wouldn't say speech therapy he was seen often when we went to the cleft team and they would check his S's and all this stuff yeah. and his ears were okay he's had a lot of um, grommets put in okay uh, but his we kept getting his ears checked they seemed fine 
and then he had a bit of a lisp for a while. He had something with uh, so daddy. He would say gaggy with a g or sorry a g instead of a d. Okay. You know he would say there was a few things, but with training or we kept being like yeah that's right daddy like exaggerating. That sort of reiteration and reinforcement of how to say it properly. Yes. And now I think it sounds good. Like you can tell there's a bit of some air escaping or a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I think over time I don't know what we're gonna get done later on or if he. So he's had his bone graft as well. Yes. So he had that done when he was, he said, because I asked him yesterday, because I can't remember. I think, he, I thought he was 10. I was nine, but he said he was 11. Oh, but okay. he had it done in Denmark because we moved in the meantime. So I had to get all the files transferred and then oh, okay. to Canada here in mm-hmm. yeah, Ontario. So now we're with the Canadian cleft team. Does he have any um, sort of cleft team involvement at the moment? Because he's 15. Yes. So him and I go like every two months. He has orthodontist work. So he has yeah. uh, braces, the train tracks on both top and bottom. And they are right now because he was missing a tooth in where the gum was or the palate. Yeah. gum. So he's missing a tooth there. So I did the same, but I they just kind of put them all together. I didn't get extra ones. Yeah, same here. Did you get any extra? I, I think they even took two out of mine, I think. I think. I know. I think they took two of mine, but I feel like that was maybe the baby teeth because why would you take... I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason somewhere. <laughs> but Luca, he's missing one tooth. So they're out. They're, they're um, expanding it. So there will be a gap. And once he's a bit older, they're going to put in an extra tooth. So he's yep. going to have a nice looking porcelain something. So Luca obviously knows his journey, doesn't he? And, and you, I yeah. get the impression that you guys are very open about how he was born and, and what the statistics are and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I, it's really interesting, Jen, because throughout his whole childhood and up till now, I'm like, so does, does anybody ever ask? you and he's like no it's not a big deal like again he doesn't he really doesn't feel like it's a big deal and this whole thing for me to start cleft well he's like just do it just get out there start sharing and he he's way more confident than I was at his age and I think I don't know like he's just uh, I think one time he when he was younger some kids would ask oh what happened to your lip so I was all about helping him explain what it was it was just a cleft and actually often said to him you know just say it's kind of like a beauty mark you know like you're born with a beauty mark yeah just empowerment instead of being like oh because I often felt I didn't know what to say so I would be quiet and or my parents didn't want to make a big deal out of it so they didn't give me the tools to uh, deal with it if somebody asked me so I became quiet and I was waiting for my sisters to jump in and yeah you know so for him I really wanted to teach him you know what if somebody asked you just say yeah it's a cleft lip and palate I was born with a split in my lip but it got stitched together and it's so good to hear you say that because a couple of people that I've spoken to on the podcast those that are cleft affected they talk about the script so you know if somebody says something you can straight away say x y z whereas possibly i mean my parents were fantastic and the same you know supporting empowering um but similarly to you as soon as anybody said anything i just sort of closed in and just hoped that they would just leave me alone but I think if you give them the tools to be able to say, yeah, this is what it is. What else do you want to know? That's so much more of a like positive standpoint, you know, empowered standpoint. Exactly. Yeah, I think so too. And and again, like I said, I'm like, if and I and I very much said to him, if you ever want anything done later on, we talk about. So the surgeon is keeping an eye on his jawline. Okay. He's like, right now it looks really good because I, I think with boys also they they're they grow later on or growth spurts happen later than girls. So we can't really know until he's maybe 19, 20, whereas girls grow sooner. That's what he was telling us. He's saying for now, he feels like his profile looks like good in line or he's like with the orthodontist work, he doesn't believe, um, that we need to do a jaw surgery later okay. on. Uh, and his nose, he's like, he thinks it looks really good. He's like, let's wait and see. And 
and it, and again, obviously, if Luca wants it, and right now Luca's like, I'm fine, like I amazing. But again, you know, at least you're you're not saying to him, don't do it because you look so great as you are. You know, you're you're kind of saying, you know, it's up to you. It's your it's your body. Yeah, if you want to get it done, it is a possibility, and we're blessed to live in a country where it is a possibility, right? So tell me, um, what advice would you have for newly diagnosed mums that are expecting babies with cleft? Uh, I would say allow yourself to grieve as long as you need to because i understand for a lot of new moms especially moms who have never who i can't even imagine how overwhelming it must be um because at least we had some sort of an idea what it involves and what we need to do but or go through uh but allow yourself to go through all those feelings but i think if there's one feeling i think you should try and let go of is the guilt feeling because i just feel like guilt doesn't really serve you it just does nothing but make you feel really shitty it makes you feel really bad and i really feel with this it's something we can't prevent yeah i know there's some risk factors if you drink or smoke too much or most of us try and be healthy and take our vitamins and we do our best right and there's nothing really you could have done it's one of those things and once you have not accepted or you've come to terms with the new reality everything will work out it will be okay and once you have your little baby it's going to be okay and yes you go through some surgeries but it will be everything will be fine and then you know moving on from that what would your advice be because you are and, and I would be learning from you, um, you know, what would you say to mums that have children that are going into teenage years? Yeah, for sure. Teach or help them with a script that feels empowering to them. Something easy, simple to say. Oh, it's just, you know, that's why Luke and I often said, oh, it's just kind of like a beauty mark because then you, you also turn it around and like, you know, most people know what a beauty mark is, right? Like, yeah. and then, and I think for the, for teens to do engage in things that, that builds confidence, whether that's sports or or horseback riding, or <laughs> work, or whatever it is that really makes them feel good about themselves and build confidence and choose really good supportive friends and yeah. and know that all teenagers have insecurities. It's not yeah. like it's all of them. Like it's all oh, right. Definitely. Um. So you were born with a cleft yourself. So what would you say to either your younger self or someone that can give advice to the teenagers directly? What do I say to my younger self? That it can be a blessing and that it's you know and actually looking back like when I was on the journey meet I've met so many amazing people on the journey like. Mm-hmm the families that had a child we're still friends like friend people i'm still friends with because both our kids were at the hospital at the same time it opens up a lot of great opportunities and i think it teaches you a lot of valuable skills and about being open-minded being empathetic being inclusive of other people and just being a kind person and i don't even know if i answered that question no you did and and i was completely agree with you as well and so to finish off you obviously set up cleft glow didn't you so that's an account that you run um, do you want to just tell people about it? Yes. So I think, I, well, I started Clef Glow because I wanted to kind of, you know, promote positive mental health, promote positive um, well-being for parents who are just starting on the journey or who are on the journey, who sometimes feel like this is really hard and, and just spreading optimism and, you know, hope and, and empowerment, I think. And just, and I, the idea came of, you know, sharing my own journey as a cleft affected person, but also um, as a mom and then combining that with my mental health knowledge that it's going to be okay and it's really you can thrive on the journey and you don't have it's not just about survival but I think once you come to accept it then it's going to be amazing absolutely and the fact that Luca is fully behind it isn't he oh my god that's the best part he was the one pushing for it I kept on postponing forever because he has his own little baseball account he makes edits okay and he does it 
on a regular basis. He's all like into so, like how to do it. And he's like, you should really be posting more and you should do it on a certain. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Getting yeah, hints and tips from your teenage son. Yeah, he's so sweet. He's, yeah. He, you know, the fact that you have empowered him enough to be confident and, and embrace the way that he was born is just incredible. So uh, I'm sure that myself and others are going to learn a lot from you. So Thank obviously, you. anybody listening, make sure you go and chat with Thank you so much, Jen. This was an honor. I had so looked forward to meeting you finally. I feel like you every day, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much.